0: Good day, my lovely people. This is After Effects, and if you see the title, it says The Mental Abuse. Once again, we have the lovely and beautiful VV on the line. Good day to you, madam.
1: Good day. How you doing, bruh?
0: I am astonished, and I feel great. Mrs. Sutton has just decided to come into the building, <laughs> even though she has a handful of snacks, and I got very few. But I will not hold that against her.
2: You can't. You grab what you wanted before
0: you came to do the interview. Whatever. So, we're going to start off with a topic. Mental abuse. Since you, you, you the leader of this Rat Pack. Can you talk about some of the things that you have seen that have, could and have caused someone mental abuse? Okay. Well, first, let's kind
1: of define what mental abuse is. Um, I did pull up like this article on betterup.com, mm-hmm. and it breaks down the difference between emotional and mental abuse. Emotional abuse targets a person's feelings. It uses emotions to manipulate, punish, and achieve control. Rather than personal sentiment, mental abuse focuses on questioning and influencing a person's way of thinking and views on reality. Psychological abuse can cause a person to question their environment.
0: Nice. I want
1: the first, yeah, talk about that, because People deal with both mental abuse and emotional abuse at times, and sometimes one or the other. And um, I believe in every segment of our lives, we probably deal with one or the other, whether we realize it or not. I didn't know for many years that um, I was a victim of it. And people do it sometimes not knowingly that that they're doing it. I don't believe everybody is doing it purposely um one of
0: the things that listed as um emotional abuse i know i've done it where you give people the silent treatment mm. <laughs> now I, uh-huh. I, I i ain't gonna say nothing <laughs> but i'm pretty sure you know y- your little brother is a little guilty because with the, that's my favorite weapon the silent treatment I could go months, weeks, years possible, and I don't have to talk to you. But go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting.
1: No, that's good because you need to know this. I mean, it's something that I use as well. It's not that I'm trying. I purposely feel like I'm abusing somebody when I'm doing it. But a lot of times if I stop talking to someone, it's either because I can't communicate in a way. It's my way of letting them know I'm upset. Right ultimately, without having a conversation, which is not a very adult thing to do.
0: Well, because you know, I've really never have really grown somebody, up.
1: <laughs> we are still growing in some areas. <laughs> you know, you need to learn to have those crucial conversations. But if you're like me, and you've had relationships where... Um, you dealt with people who are highly opinionated, or they now talk you, if, which is an, uh, another form of emotional abuse. You don't always know how to have those conversations, or you were always expected to just be quiet and agree. It's hard to sometimes to know how to have crucial conversations. That's something I'm still learning to do. And I even find where I do find my voice and speak up. Then I deal with other type of abuse, which is more mental abuse, where people make it seem like, oh, there was really no problem. You know, or you're crazy. It it wasn't like how you're saying, which is probably a little bit more intentional because those people don't want to acknowledge what they did or said.
0: Yep. And they're
1: upset that you're calling them on ABS.
0: Yes, ma'am. You absolutely right about that. Um, I know for me, for, for a long time. And I've actually just gotten to a place where I can finally accept it. Um, that, that mental abuse that one goes through, it is, it, it, it is, a, it's a mug. Um, for, like you said, for me, you know, I felt nobody cared or was listening to what I had to say. Um, I, I'm a musician, you know, the Lord has blessed me with multiple talents. Um, but you know, it, it's society has, and even some people that's been close to me, Oh, you're not as good as so-and-so. And I, I can't stand that everyone has oh, yeah. a specific way that they do something. My way might not be your way. And your way might right. not be my way. How you gonna tell me I'm I'm not good enough? I mean, can you speak to something? Have you ever experienced something like that? I know I've have oh, yeah. le- lots of times. Oh
1: yeah, the comparison thing. Um, and we, and we sometimes it's so entrenched in our lives we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we, we get depressed and upset because we compare ourselves to someone else's, either success or what it looks like, their perfect picture. You know, this person is married. How come I'm not married? Um, but it's taught to us. That that comes from home um, when you've grown up a lot of times. You know, you, you're comparing in school between your siblings. Um, there's a lot of things instead of, You've been looked at as an individual and just been encouraged in your strengths and helped with your weaknesses. So, yes, that is something I have experienced in all aspects. And church, yes, is very guilty of that.
2: <laughs> yes. You know, you
1: can't preach like so-and-so. You can't sing like so-and-so. Well, you don't pray like I pray, you know. You know, anointed pray this way.
0: And <laughs> it's is- crazy because uh, you just led into the next question I was going to ask you the church as a body we're the light of the world and you know if if you see all these different documentaries on on television and in all these different books the very first thing they start off with like even in college they say the first mental abuse starts in the church house, which is crazy. Can you speak to that?
1: Well, I've never heard that before, but yes, there's evidence of um, mental abuse in the Bible, and I, I was prepared for that. Actually, one of the examples uh, we could look at um, David and Saul. Um, yeah. Saul- Yeah, took David under his wing, and then uh, David went and fought his first battle, and the people started singing King David's praises, and they were saying that he killed more people than King Saul, and instead of King Saul ignoring it, you know, he got jealous. And because, you know, they were praising David more than they was him. So after that, he just started trying to destroy David. You know, even actually trying to physically kill him. You know, first he tried to control him through his daughter, you know, and then David had a relationship with his um, son, and he tried to taint that relationship. You know, King Saul just tried to manipulate um, David and wanted to kill his reputation.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, That leads me into the next follow-up which is why do adults feel that it is necessary to compare children mm. to each other? Be, w- way before they're even teenagers, they start off when they five or below. Why do they, why do they deem that it's necessary to, to compare them? Hmm. That's a good
1: question. Um, I believe first and foremost is something that has repeatedly happened throughout life. Uh, a lot of times people repeat what's done to them. And one the thing we don't consider is that especially when we're looking at our parents, you know, we can be a little judgmental, but if we don't understand how they were raised, mm-hmm. you know, we, we 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 would just assume that they was just being you know, awful. Um, But if you had a chance to go back and see how they were raised, you could see kind of where the pattern came from. And even as we grow up, you know, sometimes I find myself saying or doing things I never thought I was do or say. But when I look at where it came from, I know it came from my parents. So I believe parents do that. And and you got to understand, a lot of people think that competition is healthy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe that to a certain extent it is, and in the right um, environment it is healthy. So I believe that the a parent has one kid that is doing, let's say, doing well in school, they make a straight A's, they studious, um, they're not talking back, you know, they come home, they go obedient. But then they have this other kid who's not doing as well in school, who tends to talk back, you know, give them a little hard time, you know, they. I guess it's easier for them if they compare to the other kids that, that maybe that they would shame them into doing better, mm-hmm. you know, or they will see it as a challenge, which don't always work out. It really end up causes resentment between the two siblings.
0: I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm getting ready to go here, and there's about to be a whole lot of people mad at me. Uh oh, you know your brother. Society as a whole. Why do they feel that everybody needs to be the size of a two-pick?
1: <laughs> well, you just throw all kind of questions out there. I don't know if I can speak to society as a whole. And it's funny because I've always been a plus size. I was a pump little girl. So I've been set all my life. Um, but I remember learning at one point... Um, before Twiggy, she's a, a famous model, uh-huh. became a model. A lot of the models were a little on the pump
0: side. Right.
1: You know, that we actually admired, you know, a little, a, little, a little meat on the bones or whatever. But then when Twiggy came into play, everybody just switched. It seemed like their preference. You see a lot of it in magazines. So after that, it was kind of the image that just been put out here. In media and magazine, um, but I've learned that's not necessarily everybody's preference,
0: mm-hmm. right? And
1: also, brother, I want to say just because people want to lose weight necessarily don't mean they would want to be a twig. I right. know in, in my case, I want to be healthy, I want to be the best possible me,
0: right? Like, you
1: know? right. because I've been so overweight all my life, I'll cause a lot of damage to my body and caused myself a lot of health issues, I could have avoided, but I I didn't know better as far as my eating. So, but yes, as a society, I do believe that they're they're caught up with the image of body. That's why you get the fat shaming, which is part of mental abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to make people feel ashamed for the way they look. And um, everybody can't control it. Or everybody don't have the right knowledge if they could, and then you have people who are plus-size, they're trying to embrace who
2: they are, they're trying to love who they are, and then you have another group of people who just want to tear them down, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, it's like, for society, there is a certain image That the world tells you you're supposed to uphold. The one thing I remember telling my doctors is, listen, my family dynamic will never allow me to be a size two. So, losing weight, yes. But coming down to where I'm looking crazy, I will not do that. I agree. Another thing I'll touch on about what you said concerning mental abuse was the sibling thing. I know being the youngest out of a lot of siblings, it does become a, well, you need to be more like. You need to meet this standard. And I know for me, It became really difficult trying to meet everybody's expectations and not having my own expectations for myself and it really took me to get older and really understand that everybody is their own person and the only person you're hurting is yourself when you allow those kind of falsified expectations to be placed on you one and two, when you refuse to break the cycle, I had to learn to be okay with me right
1: um that's awesome oh, my- that's something I'm still learning to um to be okay with me, you know, and that I don't have to follow other people's expectations. That is definitely something. Because we're born into that, their expectations. Yeah. You know, everybody that has a child don't automatically know how to parent.
0: Amen. So Say that a little louder this, for the people in the back.
1: <laughs> everybody that has a child don't necessarily know how to parent. <laughs> so you, you you're kind of born into what they they feel you should be, you know, and they're doing the best that they can or And again, they go off of how they were raised. Thinking, oh, well, I turned out fine. So I'll
0: just do what was done to me. Like, I I give you a perfect example of how, you know, everybody... It's always good to... Because I am... I'm going back on, I want to be more healthy. But uh, you remember last year, I was diagnosed with COVID and pneumonia. I I mean I I took a significantly large hit. I took one of the biggest hits I ever took in my life. It it was to the yeah, point yeah. that they literally thought that I wasn't gonna make it. Uh-huh. Grace of God, I'm still rolling. So you know I'm going back and forth to see these uh, heart doctors and Mm -hmm. so I had to go see a specialist this one particular day and I'm I'm so glad that I am happy with me Mm -hmm. because like if, if I wasn't people don't know like I'm gonna just go into this a little bit and then I'm gonna tell you about what happened so for pretty much my whole entire life, very few people know this, but I struggled with suicide and depression for about a good uh, 30 plus years. Okay. Um, I tried to commit suicide on several different occasions. Um to the point that you know it made myself sick. But the reason why I brought this up
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, when I went to go see this specialist and I'm not gonna call out the hospital that this particular person works for. Okay. The dude straight up told me, and I kid you not. He said, and I quote, that it's hard for fat people to come back from COVID and pneumonia. Wow. It took every ounce of God that I have in me not to toss him out of the six-story floor window. I literally wanted to punch his lice out. But that wasn't his only statement. He made... Several more disrespectful statements... To me... In regards to that. In the same visit. And... Literally... I I thank God that my wife was there. Because... She was able to calm me down because if if it hadn't been for her, you know, which you don't have no evidence that fat people can't come back to, from COVID. Carmen, you want to go ahead and speak to that?
2: So the thing is, again, there's always a certain perception. Right. There are statistics that say when you're overweight it tends to cause more problems. Okay. That does not necessarily mean that a person cannot recover from a situation because of weight but it is something to be mindful of but I was always taught that people need to learn how to say things as an encouraging in an encouraging way when he said that to him one you're not encouraging him you are discrediting him you're diminishing him exactly and my statement to the doctor when the doctor said that I said where are your statistics that say that and his exact words was well it's not statistics it's just facts larger people have breathing issues I said not all larger people have issues breathing I said, so when you make a statement like that, it would be greatly appreciated that, one, you say it in a correct mannerism and, two, that you have facts to bag up what you're saying. Yeah, he wasn't professional
1: at all. No bad time matter.
2: Not at all. And, I mean, we did run throughout that situation. We did run into a few that like his first day in the hospital um, he just starting treatment he's just starting everything and I got there just in the nick of time for the doctor to come in and the doctor was recommending a medication that's FDA approved for one thing but not COVID okay And he was saying that he wanted to try it. And I said, well, what are the benefits of this? What are the side effects of this? Can you explain this to me? And he was like, well, it won't hurt. He's not getting any better. And my follow-up statement was, sir, he just got here. Mm. He just got here.
1: Right.
2: So he was blessed to have you there. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing with the whole mental, because had I not been allowed, and you know, especially in the very beginning of COVID, nobody was allowed to be with you if you had to be hospitalized. Yes, yeah, true. So, I'm upset that he got it at all, but if I have to thank God for anything is that he got it When things were a little bit more laxed. Okay. So that I was able to be present and of support and of aid. And Mm. that's where we talk about the mental abuse. We think we have to think about the authority because. That's true. With authority, it's easier to use that power to mentally abuse others. And I totally agree with you when you say some people don't even realize they're doing it.
1: Right. Because they, they don't expect you to question them. Or if you do, how dare you? You know, I'm I'm doctor. I went to school. You know, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: right. I'm parent. I'm parent. I'm grandparent. I'm i'm pastor i'm preacher i'm this i'm that and or just all around general i'm grown and it's like okay while i understand that there is certain things that you're not going to push off on me
1: and that's the important
2: thing right regardless to your position There is just certain Mm -hmm. things you're not going to perpetuate on to me.
1: And that's what we need to learn to do to set boundaries. And then I I got got to come to my favorite word because that's what God's been working with me these past few years is being able to set boundaries to offset mental abuse. There's some things you got to educate yourself on. You got to know what you can't question or what you should question. You got to know things for yourself. You got to research things. You can't just take people's words for it. So you know how to ask questions properly and what to expect and to be able to communicate what you will tolerate and what you want to tolerate.
0: Yeah. Um. Another thing I'll tell you, this whole situation with COVID pneumonia that had me hospitalized, I've, I've never been such in a depression state as I was, because after going through that, you know, the the old thoughts, even though I had dealt with it on my own, uh, suicidal thoughts, they, they re rove arise, I should say, um, due to the fact, because literally the first 48 hours I'm in the hospital, and, and i am promise you i'm not making this up this lady had to be sent from hell or somewhere because every hour and a half she was coming in my room talking about you gonna die we gonna have to send you to icu you we you we, oh, wow. i don't think you gonna make it oh he ain't gonna make it you gonna die and you know she said it so doggone much, and like I said, I dealt with. Who well,
1: was she? Was she a nurse or just
0: another patient? No, she no, she wasn't a patient. She was a nurse. Oh um, wow! And as I stated, I, I dealt with suicidal depression thoughts, and so as she kept, and I mean, like I've seen, her, I've seen her more than I would ever like to, but she kept coming in. You' not gonna make it. We gotta send him to ICU. He need help. He he get ready to go. He and she just kept on, kept on, and so finally, uh, Carr got sick or tired of that. She came up there and and had the lady reprimanded. Like, listen, my husband can't get better if you keep coming in there spilling that spilling that nonsense that you're doing. And so I thank God because I don't know what happened. I ain't see that lady no more. But the next lady that I had for my, the remaining time that I was there, God okay. said, you going to make it. God said, you going to get out of this hospital. God said, you are healed. Get up. Do your breathing exercises. you going to start eating. You got a family that's waiting on you. I, I I told you I was ready to give up, but she came in there and literally, I don't know if she had a 24-7 shift or she just, I don't, I don't think she had a break. Because every time I thought about going to sleep and rested, and just contemplate over what that the nurse before her said, she'd be right in there. All right, Mr. Sutton? That's no, awesome. you're going to get up. You're going to make it. Come on, you can do this. Don't you do it. And so finally, I got sick and tired of her coming in here, annoying me. And I just simply said, I'll say, okay, fine. That's what you want. I'm going to get up and I'm going to start doing it. So then I started doing my doggone breathing exercises. And after that, I started to doing the other stuff. The medicine was taken. And about, I don't know, around my fourth day, I started drinking water, a lot of it. I started drinking grape juice. I don't know what kind of grape juice the hospital had, but, uh, you know, that stuff ain't had no, not a bit of sugar in it. Uh, yeah. You didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do nothing for my taste buds. But uh, after that, I started eating grapes. And then eventually I started eating food because awesome. literally, and I promise you, I don't even remember that lady's name, but I can never forget her face and God had to send her there. And I always said, if I ever truly get to where I want to be financially and I run into her again, she'll never have to worry about nothing else because between God, my wife, and her, like literally, she stayed on my case. It was she was like a doggone basketball coach. Nope, let's go, get up. I'm like, man, leave me alone. Just let me sit here. I'm not letting you sit here. You are not about to lay down here and die. You see your wife over there, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm looking at her cross eyed like, man, leave me alone. You ain't in this doggone hospital bed. She made me sit up. She made me go to the bathroom. She made me walk. She made me get out the bed. She made me sit in a chair. I'm like, you know what? I can't stand that lady. But the but <laughs> the very thing that I needed and was mad at her for, I needed to get me back to hell.
1: Exactly. And people don't understand how powerful words are. You know, they taught us when we were young, to stones, we break our bones, the names never hurt us. But that was a lie. You yeah. know, I, I get why they was teaching us that to try to make us stronger, but words are powerful. Yes.
0: And like
2: even the Bible states that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So
0: Well, the the lady yes, before the lady before that one, she I told you she was sent from hell because every two point five seconds. You're going to die. We got to send you to ICU. You ain't going to make it. We ain't got... I did at one point. She said something that was just totally stupid. The hospital don't have enough oxygen to keep going up because you need more oxygen. Yeah, you
1: you got people... And she might have not... Was trying to do that. But she... You got people who are just paranoid. And they spread par- paranoia. <laughs> I mean I don't like being around geez. people like that.
0: <laughs> I was like, geez. I'm like, I already know I'm not a hundred percent, but you gonna make me feel three thousand times worse.
2: I mean, and that's the Ooh. whole thing. As we're discussing mental abuse and the power of work, I I can understand that because growing up, you know, I was compared a lot to my siblings. I was told that I was never going to amount to anything, yeah, and when you're told that you began especially when you're a child, mm-hmm. you became you begin to become what's spoken over you, yeah, And yeah. I don't think people really understand how powerful that is, yep, um because. Being of Christian faith, we're taught to speak life into dead situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I realize is, people—some people are threatened. So because they're threatened, they will rather speak death than life. Okay. because there Definitely. are because there are some people that just don't don't want to see you. Become what God's called you to be.
0: You remember in in the beginning of our marriage, because I was so depressed. Yes, Lord. So into what having suicide thoughts that literally I was basically cold. I I had no feelings. For anyone, because I was literally counting the time until you did something to me, because that's what I was used to. You know, if I was good at something, they would stay around just long enough to say, okay, cool, I got it, and I'm gone. Um, dealing with that kind of the psyche. So, what I did was, because I am a drummer, I started you know, putting everything I had to relieve stress into drumming until I had some high school classmates, a person at the church, um, a couple of people in my, in, in the marching band that I was in. You ain't good as, you know, these dudes over here. I don't even know why you playing. I heard that so much. I literally stopped playing drums for about Ten plus years. Yeah. I, I wasn't going back to that. I because that's that was the love for me. I loved it. But you know, after so many people said it, I was like, you know, screw it. Right. Um how, do I, it? I mean I I felt in such a deep dark depression that uh I listened to them old blues song oh, Lord. um
1: <laughs> that really put you into depression <laughs> right? Lord.
0: like it, I, I was in that i, I became isolated and secluded yeah. i mean i didn't have- and i understand that bro. one thing though i've learned and um not that i don't
1: still deal with some things mm-hmm. i've with depression, and I still get thoughts of it from time to time. I've had to learn to speak life into my own self. That's one thing we don't realize. Um, we can't always wait for somebody else to speak good things to us or to save us. You know, God gave us, first of all, we got unconditional love from God, but he gave us the ability to love ourselves as well and to speak life into ourselves. And we can combat a lot of those things um, by loving ourselves and I I like that you said that you went back to playing the drums. Because it was something that you enjoy. Right. And the thing is people get as good as they get because they practice. Mm -hmm. And just doing it. And one thing I've read recently that I like We can't control the storm. We can't control other people, what they say and what they do. Yep. We can only control how we respond to it.
0: You're absolutely right, sis. Because, and literally, I mean, the first time I touched drums since, oh, wow. Professionally? would Mm -hmm. be since about 2007. Now, you know how big of a gap that is.
1: Yeah.
0: And what was crazy, when we was going through marriage counselor, and I was talking with our pastor, and he was like, you know, looking for a drummer, you know, for this benefit concert. So, you know, I'm like, you know what? You know, I'll just go ahead and do it. You know, I ain't had no problem with it. It's, it's been a minute since I done it, so I didn't know if I still had it. But, you know, it's like riding a bike. Once you do it, you never forget it. And uh, I'm what, four be- four years back in. And uh, every day, I just get stronger and better.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
2: And that's the thing. I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, me in school. You know, I went to college so many times, and I was the start-stop kid. Everything, everything... That could happen. <laughs> I I was steady giving up every time. Oh well this. I need to do this. This is more important than this. Um, Or I would just quit altogether. And go find something else to do.
0: I'm guilty of that.
2: I was not committed. To it. And a lot of it had to do. With my psychological stance. Of. Well why put forth the effort. Everybody said, I can't do it no way. And and it wasn't until God brought the opportunity back last year and I had to make a decision. Either I'm going to see this through or I'm not.
0: I'm going to tell you something that helped me and I've never told you this. And I don't hopefully I don't get slapped in the back of the head when I say this. I have about two blocks left before I graduate in an audio engineer. Awesome. It scares me. It scares me. Why it scare you? It scares me so much because I've always done factory, hospital, but the one thing that comes to me quicker than I can snap my fingers
2: is technology
0: scares me because I'm no longer single. I actually have a group of individuals that love me. That, yeah. sta- that scares me because when you're not used to the Greek word is agape
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's strange. Hatred, I can deal with. I dealt with it from blacks, whites, and all different nationalities. You say something stupid to me, I say something stupid right back to you. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I can get down with that. But pure love, I'm not talking about the one you can buy. For six ninety nine plus tax.
1: Who knows?
0: Even that shit. Or for uh nineteen ninety nine per f- every few minute phone call. Mm hmm. Or if it's a pay per view per every hundred dollars.
1: Oh
0: my gosh. I'm talking about genuine love, like. I achieved something and you celebrate it like as if you had done it. I have new strength now because I know that I have love and you, and you guys been pushing me and i have I've been hearing, literally, since I became a part of Agape, that there is so much in you. You're more than just a drummer. hmm I thought it at first. I thought the individual that said it had, was a couple of kids short of a six-pack. <laughs> now, I would never <laughs> tell her that to her face, but I did. Okay. But she told me and look at me now it's it's crazy because the same month that i was released from the hospital is the same month that i graduate matter of fact it's the same week that i graduate with my engineering degree
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Hmm. And, and that's what you call power when you finally learn your worth and your purpose. And you no longer live in toxicity that abuse that abuse is something that's so prevalent and it's it's insane the things that we say to one another um how we, how some abuse power and as you said Von by do even just doing it because they feel like they can or because right. they don't know any better. But yes. when it all comes down to it, we have to take accountability for our words and our actions if I feel like it's it's like that old saying that we were taught as kids. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. That's about the best way to approach it, to keep it, because once you start, it's hard to stop. And I think everybody's guilty of it. Talking about somebody, talking down on oh, somebody,
1: Oh, gossiping.
2: Right. And all of it is a part of mental abuse. And it yes, takes it years for some people. And I mean, It took years. me 30. And, and
0: don't
1: forget about the name calling. Okay. Oh, okay. Jesus. Don't even let me recently. get
0: st- Don't let me get started so, with that. I can't tell you what how many times I heard you will never find somebody that love you because you ain't worth it. Matter of fact, I was getting ready to go somewhere. Mm-mm. But Don't go there. I'm just going to put it in a slightly different tune. When it was stated in the mm-hmm. beginning... That basically, I wasn't on your level. Okay Wow. I I can't tell you, and to this day they still don't know. I overheard that question. Matter of fact, I didn't even tell you to what about a year later that I heard that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. When it was said to you, you don't know this. But after you l- left that day I literally went Into my bedroom And cried for about an hour And I am not a man that cry Period I had literally thought That they just cr- Cost me The greatest situation that has ever happened to me in my life. Mm. But the part that hurt me the worst was when it was suggested that another family member is on your level.
2: That's still funny to me but i mean oh, wow. i think when it all boils down to it there were a lot of things that were said all around the border and as Von, Von has said too things have been said about her things have been said but again as i stated you know sometimes all people know it's poison you that's true you this know, ain't bbd i'm no but that's just true uh, some people only know poison and there are people who get excitement off of tearing someone else down mm. to build themselves yes. up. Yes, they do. That's powerful. Yeah. And you, we all just have to remember that now we're of age of a choice. hmm Yes. So you can choose to accept somebody else's bad behavior. You can choose to allow somebody else's yeah. words to impact you. Or you can choose to do... What it says, say speak life into yourself. The authority is in our courts now. It's not like it was when we were children. You and that
0: know? was the hardest thing for me to learn was to speak life. Even to this day, I still struggle with speaking life into me because for three over a better part of three decades, all I heard was you ain't nothing.
2: Mm hmm and that's that when it all boils down to it the choice is now ours and i had to learn that we can't blame anybody else now because now it's about you can't control like like sis said you can't control what somebody else do but you have the power to choose what you're going to accept
1: and brother before the show ends, let me challenge you with this i think what i suggest is that you practice loving yourself more See, what happened on them years, them people didn't teach you how to love yourself. By talking to you like that or treating you any kind of way, you didn't get to learn to love yourself. And if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that's the love chapter. I want you to read that. I'm sure you've been through it and marriage counseling and you read it as far as my sister is concerned. But the next time you read it, I want you to put your name in there. And I want you to ask yourself, is you loving yourself this way? Are you loving yourself patiently? Are you being kind to yourself? Are you being boastful or proud? Are you dishonoring yourself in any kind of way? Are you being self-seeking? Are you being angry with yourself? And are you keeping records of all the wrong things you're doing instead of counting your blessings and the right things that you're doing? It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. You have to rejoice in the truth that you, what you just said. You said, I am love. And if you truly believe that now, and it's convinced that God loves you, your wife loves you, and all those close by who love you. Then you're not going to have any problem going forward with people being negative towards you or trying to say any kind of thing about you. Cause this should be a, you could bounce it off. It might sting in a moment, but remember who you are, and if nothing else, you be like, you know what? I love myself. If they reject me, fine. I'm not gonna reject myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. I thought I lost you. No, you didn't I, lost me. I, <laughs> I mean,
1: but that's and, and, I, and I give myself this encouraging talk a lot, cause everybody won't like. It. Everybody won't be happy for you. Mm. And that is fine. That's their choice. Yeah, But I have to tell myself, you know what? I'm not going to reject me. I like me. And if there's something I don't like about myself, I have the power to change it. But I'm not going to base it on other people's opinions about me.
0: Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. Um, hmm. Wow. Mouthful there.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. Because as sis said. I, I'll i take it back some years ago. And sis you'll remember this. Because you'll probably start laughing. But um, some years ago. I called sis crying. And I said to her. Why don't nobody love me? What, what is wrong with me that I'm getting all this hatred and and da 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 and I was just going and I was in full blown tears and her exact words to me and I live by these words and this is how I learned to stop letting people hurt me because of what she taught me. She said don't take it as if people don't love you. She says, some people just love selfishly. Yeah. In other words, it's a one sided love. Yeah. And she will, and it's been about seven, eight years, and she will never know how impactful that was, because that moment taught me To stop having expectations of people. Stop expecting people to love me the way that I love them. I understand I'm an original. Yeah. And if I'm loving people or giving to people with the expectation of getting it back, then I'm not giving from my heart.
1: Mm. That's true.
2: So I have to be me. And whether you receive that, or you don't receive that, or you receive it halfway, as long as I know I completed the assignment that God gave me to do, I can't worry about nothing else concerning that. That moment brought about a peace to me. And it has allowed me to transition into the things that God has me doing today. And even working through therapy and learning boundaries and working through the mental anguish and the abuse, I can say, I thank God for where I am today. Amen. And it started with just that statement of some people love selfishly. Yes. That was a seed that was planted that she doesn't even realize she planted until now.
1: A great guy <laughs> I needed <laughs> to be reminded
0: of that. <laughs> well, um, as always, you ladies, <laughs> y- y'all bring the heat to the point that we we gotta listen. Um, count down to the last few moments. I'm gonna say this. For those that are listening. That may or may not have someone to tell you that you're great and that they love you and that you're wonderful. I want you to get up every day in the morning, look in the mirror and say, hey, you. I love you. You're yeah. doing a great job. Keep up the good work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At lunchtime. Yes, you are. Go into a bathroom in the mirror. Yeah. Repeat it. Dinner time. <laughs> repeat it. And before you lay down and close your eyes and go to sleep, go in the bathroom and repeat it. Every time you get a chance, whether you go to the bathroom, I want you to repeat it. I am somebody. For Double V. For Mrs. Sutton. I'm he Said. This is After Effects. We love you and appreciate you. See you soon.